and a one and a two and a three. You come the gun, mate. Dear listeners, if you've just heard that fucking disaster, I thought Simon and Kyron will want to um lead in with a bit of a tribute to their beloved Wii Shop. But this is the reason it's closing down. If you're not aware, you are listening to the Story Mode podcast. I am your host. Your disgusted host right now, Jesse Munro, and I'm joined by two absolute clowns. If this was a stage show, I would have a big cane coming out, pulling them off stage. Simon Evans, Kyron Morrison, you should be ashamed of yourself. How are you guys going? I'm doing pretty good because I'm not going to lie, that intro with the Wii Shop music backing you was fantastic. So you have it playing in the background for you. I don't. I had to listen to this, like, broken flute (laughs) version. I forgot there was that gap before it really kicks in to the good part of bum, the song. Bum, yeah. Bum, 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 bum. Where's Nirvana the band when you need them? I say. Twitter account's gone as well for that video. I don't think it posts anything. Yeah, I know. That was the best part about Twitter. And it now was. Twitter's just yeah, check I mean, marks and who 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 has them? Why and why? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to get too much into that because it's although it's been insanely interesting to watch this dumpster fire burn more and more in real time. It's also painful to watch because I'm sat there going like, well, there goes some of my favorite things to just kill time with at work. And my tweets are starting to become popular now. I'm getting a few that are going, you know, hit a few hit tweets, as the kids say. <laughs> and look, I'll, I'll consider a hit tweet more than 10 likes because I'm, I'm a sad, sad man. That's fair. Well, you know, I'm, I'm peaking right at the end. It's like high school. It's not really popular in the last week. Then it ends like, oh, back back at the bottom you go. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Back to Hive, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? But what have you guys been up to? What's new? You're both wearing blue. What's that about? Um, Playing yourselves. Blue is a cool color. Cool people. And you yeah. clearly didn't get the memo because you're it's not true. cool enough. I did not. You did. Now, you've actually given me a good segue there, actually. Because... We're uh, Kyron's like how? Well, well, it's I'm, it's okay. like a it's a split of like how and also how dare you? <laughs> We've done what? What is it? Episode one hundred and fifty six odd. We're probably doing about one hundred and seventy with all the bonus episodes we've done at the Story Mode podcast. And I always intro the, the show with "Hey guys, going?" And normally, it's normally a yeah, good, all right. And I've realized I'm not asking a very good question there. Correct. Because it's the same shit. We're all living the same nightmare week after week. We need a little bit of a little bit of a chaotic factor in the intro to get the energy up. So I have this random question generator. Oh, okay? oh fantastic. I'm ready. Okay. And here we go. From now on, every week, I'm going to spin the wheel. Or in this case, rock the duck. This website has a cute little duck on it. Aw. <laughs> Don't rock the and, duck. Um, Look after the duck. Well, it's a little, little, um, little uh, rubber duck, a little bath, little bathtub buddy. Uh, all right, I, w- I won't in, tell in Peter. France. <laughs> I'm gonna click for question. Oh shit! Okay. All right. Actually, the question is: Have you ever saved someone's life? That's a real heavy question. That's a very um, heavy question. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's a good question. And you guys may talk about these blue shirts that you have. This actually is now a good segue. What's your favorite piece of clothing you own? Ooh. Mm. Bum, bum, 
Bum, bum, Do- bum, 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 bum. Bags would count as accessories, wouldn't they? That's not clothing. You don't wear a bag. Like, I'll, I'll look, look for the purposes. Of, you want to talk about this bag of yours? Look, I bought a really nice backpack on Etsy. I'm not really a backpack guy. I normally prefer messenger bags. I just find them way more convenient. Um, but I bought, yeah, this really nice um, backpack off of Etsy. I don't know, six months ago. And I absolutely love it. I initially bought it because I was like, yeah, it'd be really good for traveling. But it's just, it's big. It looks nice. It's well made. And just like me, baby. Absolutely. I can shove so many things inside it, just like Jesse. Just like me, baby. <laughs> Unzip me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, like, it's just something that I enjoy wearing, weirdly enough. Because I, I, I don't really care for clothes. I just. I'm a t-shirt and jeans kind of guy. You're the nudist. Uh, thankfully for everyone in Western Australia, I am not. Um, you coward. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe Hashtag to my OnlyFans. Dick out. Hashtag <laughs> Simon, get your dick out. Subscribe get to my trendy. fucking OnlyFans and then we'll talk, all right? Launching an OnlyFans. Here you go. On Story <laughs> Mode Game. You heard it here first. It apparently. How's that this for breaking news, uh, Jesse? Yeah. You can go on there. You can see Simon's entire arsehole. <laughs> Welcome to Story Mode Gaping. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you and good night. Let's wrap this one up early. See you <laughs> Shit, all next it. week. See, this is what I Bye. said. When I've eaten dinner before the podcast for once. I'm full of chorizo energy. You're full okay? of beans. Oh, tr- I'm full chorizo. of chorizo parts, pasta energy. Mm. Karen, favorite piece of, cl- piece of clothing. Oh, I mean, I'm kind of the same as Simon, really, when it comes to clothing. Like, I, I, several years ago, went through a debilitating rotation of, like, all those T-shirt sites, just, like, stockpiling shirts from there. So it's so hard to differentiate so many of my shirts. It's just like, these are my Metroid shirts. These are my, you know, other video game shirts. But I do have a, it's falling apart now, but I do have a very nice diva hoodie that I was quite fond of. But sadly, it is nearing the end of its lifespan. So I try not to wear it too much. Uh, my clothes that. just don't last long. I know. It makes me sad. Yeah. The, the moths what do, get to them. What about you, Jesse? What's your favorite item of clothing if you have one? I have. Look, if, if, if you see me day to day, I'm for one, I'm sorry. But you know that I normally just wear black jeans and a black t-shirt or a white t-shirt. Because whatever. I'm not dressing to impress. I bought my first pair of blue jeans. I shit you not, in 15 years, about two weeks ago. And they look fine. <laughs> I blue have jeans blue are good. Jeans. I have blue jeans as a backup. I have two pairs of black skinny jeans that I really like and I wear day to day. But I've got a pair of blue jeans as a backup. Just exactly. in case. Exactly, and that's what they should be. Like, what am I, a, like, a, like a lumberjack? What are blue what? jeans doing? Uh, I'm a lumberjack, and I'm okay. Before you get copyright. Um, I have, uh, like, a plastic box underneath my bed full of old clothes. Stuff that doesn't fit and maybe will fit one day who knows i'm an optimist but there's a jumper that i used to have when i was like 15 years old and whenever i go to throw it out i feel like there's like twang of guilt and i can't do it even my partner's like don't throw it out i don't know what like, maybe i'll get buried in it it was an old uh hurley jumper the brand it's back from the emo scene days it's black it has these green stripes, and what it has that not enough jumpers have nowadays is inbuilt thumb holes. 
So you know all the kids used to cut the little holes in their jumpers? This mm-hmm. one has an inbuilt, so you had a nice little stitching around your thumb. Yeah. So I looked angsty, but I was comfortable. That's a good piece of clothing. And I don't well, make it like that anymore. For what it's worth, they're really good for keeping parts of your hand warm when it was cold. It's just parts, not the whole thing. No. I mean, if you wanted your whole hand to be warm, then you would have worn a glove. At least one. At least one glove. And I mean, just leaning, keeping on the theme of this whole emo bullshit is uh, in the last last week's episode, which you can find on Spotify and iTunes and all good podcasting platforms, I spoke about going to the Mike and the Romance show. And there's a bit of a a theatric to that. You do dress up a little bit. A lot of people went full old school, the guy line of the black nails and everything like that. I really wanted one of those black and white checkered JJ's belts. Oh my you god. You can't get them anymore. JJ's has become I'm shocked that place is still running. I'm guessing they're still selling old Rick and Morty merch or something. I don't know what they're doing. Probably. But I went to Vans uh in Melbourne Central. One of the nicest guys I've ever met at a uh, you know, at a retail store. A nice older English gent. Uh, helped me about the store. I'm like, oh, do you, know, do you have any belts? I actually just needed a belt. I wasn't going there planning on getting this black and white one. He's like, yeah, we've got these, these like, you know, like the material ones that don't have, like, they've got the, like, the, the teeth rather than the hook and hole thing. You know, guys, belts. This is a belt podcast now. Yeah. Um, he's like, oh, yeah, we've got black ones, we've got grey ones, and then he walked off. Sneaky <laughs> little fuck. There was a white one at the back. Black Ooh. and white checkers. And I'm wearing it every day since. Even with shorts. Even stuff that doesn't have a belt loop. I will wear it. Sometimes I just wear that. Just the belt. Just the belt. <laughs> Dick out. Belt on. I bet your partner is a big fan of this belt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wink. I have to say wink on a podcast because you can't see it. <laughs> um, but if you do want to see us, you can see us on our Twitter. At Stonewood AUS. Oh, look at these plugs in. Look, let me go. What else you got? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> If we do any more plugs, we're going to get an Extreme Restraints sponsorship. That's a joke from my, my brother, my brother and me fans out there, which I am one of. I'm going through their old catalogue at the moment, and it, it gets, uh, when they say don't go past episode 150, they, they're saying it for a reason. <laughs> it's uh, rough. But speaking of rough, you know what's rough? What's rough? The yes. Wii shop and the 3S shop going down. Now, this is not my ballpark at all, because I'm... As I've been saying with my checkered belt and my thumb hole jumper, I'm pretty fucking cool. So I don't know about this nerdy stuff. But, uh, you know, we have our resident nerd on, Simon. Can you explain to me what is happening and why, you, why your eyes are so bloodshot from tears? Um, so the Wii U eShop and the 3DS eShop are closing. As of, At the time of recording, they are closing at some point within the next, like, 12 hours. Um, by the time you're listening to this, it's too late. They've, they've already closed. I'm sorry. But you were given plenty of warning. Unlike Sony, Nintendo don't care what anyone else thinks, so they're not going back on their word like Sony did with the PS3 online store. It's basically that's it's the equivalent sort of thing. It's just the online store is going. There will be no way to purchase any new games for the 3DS or the Wii U at all from the eShop. Done. Why? Because they can't be bothered to keep the servers on. 
it costs money to keep them running. They're not seeing enough income from it, probably. And also, to be fair, the Wii U was a bit of a flop and the 3DS has been around for quite a while. So, I don't know, it is kind of time. Like, I see where they're yeah, coming from. But at the same time, I'm like, it's shitty because there's a whole bunch of that's really it. good stuff. That's the thing. <laughs> it, it, the fact that it's being locked out now that you can't get it, yeah. like, that seems a bit shitty. If they were to bring it over to the shop, the, what they call a shop nowadays, it's still a Yeah, the, the Switch eShop is horrendous. But the Wii U eShop was good for the most part. A little bit slow, but nowhere near as slow as the Switch one. And Nirvana the, the band haven't written a song about the Switch e um, shop, have they? Not no. that I'm aware of. Not that I'm aware of. Exactly. I rest my case. I don't know yeah. what my case was. But, yeah, so it's, it's one of those things. It's a shame. Look, they will still remain online that if you want to re-download anything that you have already purchased, you can do that. But things like DLC and, you know, any actual purchases cannot be made. Just re-downloading of old stuff that you already own. So, this is, again, sort of your last real chance to download anything that you might want. However, with that being said, it's always morally okay to find other revenues for some of this stuff. I, because there are damn I, good games that we are going to we be support losing. All crime. I have a, a website sure. bookmarked for as soon as the 3DS eShop goes down, but it's I've been wait, <laughs> waiting to really crack into it. But when there's no eShop and there's no need for, you know, you know I, why not? Time, no time like the present to do some homebrewing. The, the, the thing that hurts here. Is I've already got some pages bookmarked just to watch how high some of these physical Wii U and 3DS game prices are going to start climbing because mm -hmm. they're going to creep. They're going to creep up. There's a lot. Have they already begun? Yeah, some of them already mm -hmm. were valuable. Like for example, my, I've got a physical copy of the surprise, surprise Metroid Prime Trilogy, and it's worth a good, I want to say like nearly two hundred dollars now, and it's about to be gone from the you know obviously because it was a digital only thing on the Wii U eShop, so that was like. Isn't it like $25, $30 on there? Something like that. It's, yeah, it's just to have all three cheap. Metroid Prime games on Wii U, and that's going to be gone soon, which means that we're back to only having that that disc or like the old GameCube games to play it. So, yeah, like I, I'm worried for what's going to happen because like that's, the, that's one of the worst parts about being nostalgic for old games is it's so fucking expensive to buy most of them these uh, days. It sucks. <laughs> did I ever tell you guys about the one time I popped into a local cashies on my way home from work? And I was like, yeah, I'll just see what they've got. And they had a Game Boy Color for sale. And the Ooh. Game Boy Color that they had for sale in box was more expensive than a brand new Nintendo Switch that they had in box. Cashies discovering eBay was a mistake. I used uh. to go in there all the time and pick up like $20 GameCube games when they, you know, didn't know what the internet was, I guess. But then they figured it out. And now all this stuff yeah. is like priced more accordingly, sometimes a bit more so. And it's just mm -hmm. like, oh, damn it. That was it. My, my connection to. to the Wii and cash converters is uh, a good friend of the show and I, back in the day, we really wanted to go to the city and get drunk. And we didn't want to have to get the bus home or the train home. So we thought we'd just crash a crown, which is like the casino there. It, 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 the cocaine shop. Um, and we're like, how do we get money? And she ended up trading in her Wii U at cash converters for like 40 bucks. Good deal. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, average, average night probably probably wasn't worth it in the end. No, but that's the thing. Like, there's there's a whole bunch of really good games that we're just straight up losing access to, and that's the biggest shame about all of this. And I, 
always was a bit of a defender of the Wii U. I loved it for, you know, the Zelda games and Mario Kart 8 being Mario Kart 8 and stuff like that. Like, I always enjoyed it. But it's just, I don't know, it feels like this is, it was already dead, but it was like, it was like the bonkers f- system. It was fucking it, weird. It was, it was like a nice risk. Yeah, but it's, it's absolutely one of those things that if you go and touch the, a Wii U now, first off, probably clean your hands because it's hands, dusty yeah. as fuck, yeah. Um, and then also, you can tell just how much of this DNA carried over into the Switch. Yeah. Like, this, we would not have had the Switch at all were it not for the Wii U. And the Wii U is good. Like, it runs 1080p games at 60 frames per second, which is something the Switch can't do half the time. Yeah. Well, also, look, correct me if I'm wrong, and I, I was up away from the Nintendo ecosystem back when the Wii U came out, but it, was it the first real Nintendo that started having more, for lack of a better term here, don't hate me for it, adult games? Because you could get, there was, was a, a few more like violent games, a few more shooters, a few, you know, first person shooters and stuff like that. I... It felt like it was going to be a mature direction and also having a few games that were cross-platform on it as well. I remember, like, the early E3, like, some, like for some of the presentations, like, it was pretty n- cool. Like, I guess if you were a Nintendo-only platform user, you know, they brought out stuff like, there was Zombie U from Ubisoft, mm. there was um, that a, a Batman port and a uh, Mass Effect 3 port. So it was kind of cool seeing those yeah. sort of games come across to the Wii U. Yeah. And I'm going to put it out there, I think the um, Batman Arkham City port on Wii U was the best version. I never played oh. it, so it's up, that's, you- that's entirely on you. That's fair enough. Um, don't blame me for not playing it. Um, and yeah, Zombie U was really good. Like that made really good use of the gamepad and stuff like that. But I feel like part of the problem was that the third-party support really dropped off hard because I remember Watch Dogs when that was announced, and it was like, yeah, yeah, it's coming to Wii U, and I was like, oh, this would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, day and date with everything else. And then it was like two weeks out from launch, and they're like, we're delaying the Wii U version. Don't know how long for. Because we want to make sure we make best use of the gamepad. I'm like, okay, it might be worth it. And then, of course, the Wii U version came out. I think it was like eight months later or something. What did they do with the fucking gamepad? Put a map on it. Well, that was it. Yeah, like, but to be fair, I think that's one of the reasons it, it didn't work so well. Is because making a cross-platform game was super hard because people wanted absolutely. People to, them to utilize the gimmick that was the Wii U controller. Yeah, um, absolutely. And just adding stuff into that is, is pretty tricky. The one game they could have done stuff with would, would have been a Pokemon Snap sequel back in the day because yep. the thing looked like a fucking still, camera. Still oh, the most wasted opportunity. A- and the fact that we only got a sequel on the Switch and it doesn't even play that well is like absolute crime. Okay. <laughs> what a sell. Forgot, what a great I, sell. I forgot that it happened. Yeah. <laughs> it was a real good week. When I played it. <laughs> Hey, you solid week, yeah, and I'm sure you. you know somebody else has caught them all. Good for them. Put that on the back of the box. <laughs> <laughs> it's good for a week. Yeah, the it's week a bit like, you. It's a bit like you. bread that you buy at like a shitty bakery. Good for a week. Best before <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> I'm so glad you explained that. <laughs> you, I saw the words coming. I was like, it's like bread, and then. You, you knew exactly what you meant. We all knew what you meant, but you're like, hmm. Hmm. Kind of explain that one a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Now, Simon, you've been trying to purchase as many of these games before they become 
locked in the ether. Mm-hmm. How's that? How's your little quest gone? That was a complete nightmare. Now, I did touch upon this a little bit in the most recent Dialogue Options podcast. Um, yeah, Spotify and good, yeah, the other ones as well. <laughs> Radios, <laughs> any, anything like that. So smooth. You get a radio, you get uh, that CB, CB radio, you get a ham radio, whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> Um, so I listen to it. I did a little bit of research, and the Wii U supports up to a two terabyte USB drive. Cool, awesome. Went and bought a two terabyte external hard drive. Got home, plugged it in, makes a clicking noise, and I'm like, "Oh, that's weird." Google it, and sure enough, it's like, "Oh, it's not receiving enough power." Okay, fuck. How do I fix that? Oh, you need a a Y splitter cable. You need to plug it in, and then it has two USB ports that come out, like the GameCube adapter. For those who are in the know, um, it's got two USB ports. Plug in, and then it will fully fully function. So I was searching online for those, and I couldn't find fucking anything. Um, the best I could find was something on Amazon, and it was going to take like three and a half weeks to deliver. And I'm like, well, that's too late. Like that's way too late. That's not an option. So fuck, well, I, I don't know then. Um, shit. Checked a place called Altronics, which is a very weird WA electronics hobby store um and they sell all sorts of weird and wonderful cables and like oh, security cameras like and like raspberry pies by the dozen shit like that and by raspberry pi i mean like the computer not an actual raspberry pi stop bit bring your baked goods <laughs> <laughs> what are you the fucking I'm, gingerbread man i am constantly thinking about baked goods They're pretty okay. good <laughs> anyway um so Baker's Delight. <laughs> We've mentioned bakeries right, twice today. So. Baker's Delight. Bread's come up already, so we're on the we're on the right track. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so I found a cable, got home, tested it, sort of looked like it worked, and then I tried to copy some data over, and then it wouldn't work. And I'm like, for fuck's sake! Thought I I had an SD card. I was like, you know what? Maybe this will work. And then I double checked online, and sure enough, the Wii U doesn't accept SD cards as the main form of extra memory. You cannot save games to that SD card, only on the internal memory. Nintendo! So I was like, for fuck's sake, what do I do? And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Officeworks. So yesterday I drove to Officeworks, bought a like 256 gigabyte USB stick, just a fucking Toshiba USB stick, just a regular old fucking thumb drive, shoved it in there, Works like a fucking charm. And I spent $250 <laughs> making sure I got all the games that I wanted to get. You are a sick and twisted pervert. <laughs> and this story <laughs> has not helped that. Okay? <laughs> Look, it could be worth. I did see that um, there's a guy on YouTube. I don't know. Bill. I didn't get his name. Oh, um, oh, he oh. spent over 20K buying all of them. Twenty two thousand dollars. The goats. That is the goat. Gerard. Gerard, the completionist. Khalil, the goat. Bought everything on Wii U and 3DS. Played games with his ho- he got hooves instead of think the goat. Anyway, continue on the podcast. Anyway. God damn. <laughs> um. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. He he bought everything. All the DLC. Some games you needed to finish the game in order to buy the DLC. Some games you could only buy the DLC from within the game. Some games you could buy the DLC separately. Don't fucking ask why. No idea. 
But he went through that. Him and his team went through that. And they bought everything. And they are donating it. Because they believe in the preservation of video games. So that is oh, why good. he is the greatest of all time. Yeah. All right. I'll give him to, I'll, I'll give it to him and his team. That's good stuff. Yeah. I think he was just doing it for just for like the content. I'm like, yeah, oh, that's pretty wanky. But no, if he's doing it to actually allow people to, to download them through their own means, wink, wink, the secret ingredient is crime. Um, <laughs> Yar! I'm going to support that. I'm going to support it. Uh, but you know. Rest in peace. You 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 you're better than you're better than the switch shop. Oh yeah, yeah. You were you were. That's so bad. And it actively makes me not want to play the switch. And you you know what? You know what the Wii U had that the fucking switch doesn't have. It had a goddamn virtual console. Rest in peace, virtual console. The last time you could just like go there and buy an old Nintendo game as opposed to the switch where it's like you better sub. You want Mm. the sixty four games? You better sub higher. To put it out there when they come up with this, this the Nintendo Switch Ultra or whatever the sequel's going to be called, they should add the 3DS 3D function on it because that was borderline magic. I still don't fully understand how it worked, and I thought it was cool. Probably it was an option. I thought it there weren't cool. enough games that capitalized on it the right way. It was great, it was an awesome gimmick, but that was the problem is that it felt too much like a gimmick. And I can think of maybe about three games. That really, really made a difference with. One of those was Super Mario 3D Land. Some of the platforming sections, like turning on the 3D, just having that extra depth perception was incredible. That was such a game changer. And then so many other games, it just kind of fell flat. You're looking for effective use of the tech. In Samus Returns. I remember that. Yes. Yeah. I remember using it playing Pokemon and just being like, (laughs) look at Sandshrew, has a little belly. And then you turn it off because the battery's going flat. Yeah, yeah well, uh, too. like, <laughs> like it was always me. like you boot it up and you put the slider up and you're like neat, and then you put the slider down. Yeah. That was one well, yeah. you're, you're saying gimmick like it's a bad thing. I bought the no, no. VR, not number two because I'm not that rich. But I bought the first VR. That was a gimmick. That was a good three hours of gameplay. Back in the bag, which I had to buy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Look, I I, but, I put I finally put that away in, in, into the. Uh, into the cupboard uh, last weekend, and it it's like, why don't I? Okay, Job Simulator was cool, but fuck, like, yeah. I have a job. It's true. How about VR two, everybody? Yeah, yeah. I really want to play it. it. Looks so good, though. It looks so good. I'm just, it just. Sony, send this one. If you send this one, we won't spread rumors about you. <laughs> I heard that Sony is really bad at brushing their teeth. Yeah, well, it makes two of us. Mm. No it- wonder Redfall's not coming to Sony- to PlayStation anymore. Mm. Yeah, that attitude. It's too much garlic. Oh, you get the vampire game. <laughs> yeah, well done. There we go. There Thank we you, go. Jesse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got that. I got that. Hey, I may not look fit, but I'll go for a walk if it's a good joke. Okay. <laughs> I got there in the end. Speaking of getting there in the end. Hmm. Hmm, not my best. John Wick Chapter the Fourth came out last week. Um, and I binge watched all of the John Wick films in preparation. And Rank them. Four. Um four is number is the best. Four, one, two, three. Okay. Cool. Uh I've never seen a franchise that goes four films, and the fourth is the 
best. It doesn't make any logical sense. The movie goes for two hours and 50 minutes of pure, unadulterated, in-your-face Keanu Reeves fucking badass action scenes, and you should get tired of it. It should get monotonous, as most action films do get at a point. But this film kept me at the edge of my seat up until the after credit scene. I was, and if anything, it builds up. At the end, people in the cinema were fucking cheering at points. It, it was one of the most enthusiastic and adrenaline-pumped cinema experiences I've ever had. I could not rate this film higher. It is currently in the discussion as my favorite all-time action film. I'm trying to, I'm weighing it up against Fury Road. But to say that it's even on par with Fury Road is the highest praise I can possibly give a film. But take it back a moment because there's actually some, some sad news came out of this. Um, not because of the film, but just in the lead up to the film. Um, Lance Reddick, who plays Sharon in the film, uh, plays, uh, who's playing Destiny? Uh, Commander Zavala. He actually, he's actually voiced a bunch of different video game characters. Yeah. He, he's, yeah. Been in, he's been in so many different things. Uh, he sadly passed away at the age of, what, 60? 60, yeah. yeah. Uh, last week, so that sucks. Really good in the film. Um, re-watching all the films, you realise how good of a character he is. And apparently when they uh, were making the film, uh, Chad Stalinsky, who directed them, was saying he was, he was the first person who kind of got what they were going for. You know, it's like hyper, hyper, I was going to say hyper-realistic, it's the complete opposite of what I'm trying to say. Uh, like hyper stylized world where everything's a little bit not a little bit more heightened very heightened he kind of got that whole playing it very straight while everything else is insanity which makes everything feel real he got it first and just he freaking powerful on screen presence seemed like a cool dude also fantastic in his scenes in Eric Andre oh my god so oh, good 10 <laughs> out of 10 the way he the actually gets a reaction out of him, like he's startled well, I was, I was when he like, punches that desk. Simon, do you, do you, have you watched um, Eric Andre, the Eric Andre show at all? No, I haven't actually. Oh, I have some materials to send you, sir. But okay. it, it, it is a, it's a skit show. But he yeah, also yeah, interviews, really with me, um, he interviews like, actors and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and they normally do bits. And the actors are, and comedians and musicians and whoever he interviews are normally across the bare bones of it. And it's those little parts in between that that gets a reaction. They knew that they were going to have Lance Reddick sort of um, lash out. And he was meant to just leave. But he punches the desk and breaks it. And Eric pisses himself. <laughs> he looks genuinely terrified. And he just says, Lance walks off like, you need a new desk. And walks off. It's the most badass thing. And then later on, he comes out talking about how he wants to be LeVar Burton. It was so, so In my chains. Yeah, it's so good. It's like, so weird. It's very like, funny. Lance Reddick was so good. Like, he he nearly salvaged that Resident Evil show for me. His performance as Albert Wesker was <laughs> actually good. really good. And to say that he even got close to, um, you know, getting that back on track is fucking- Testament yeah. to him. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, like, you know, Fringe and all the other stuff that he was in was great as well. The Wire. The Wire, watch. yep. Um, now, before we get to chapter four of John, John, Jonathan Wick. Jonathan Wick. I want to know, where, where, where do you guys stand on the, on the, on the, on the Wick? I have Slick watched. for Wick? 
Look, I'm I, I think Rick. I watched the first one, absolutely loved it. I haven't watched the second or the third because I felt like they came out very close to one another. And I was like, eh, I'm kind of put off because that immediately made me think they're probably shit. <laughs> so, no, <laughs> polar opposite, my guy. So much actually, fun. I'm actually surprised you haven't seen it because they seem very up your alley. I know you like a good, they, they are, they, scene. they totally are up my alley. And it's one of those things that obviously now I know how good they supposedly are. One of those things I'm like, yeah, I need to just get around, I just need to get around to watching it. So, Karen, you're a fan. Yeah, I um, I just I just remember seeing the first John Wick just one day with Joel. Actually, one morning because back when I was working nights, so I had my days off. We're like, do you want to go see? Let's go see John Wick. It's this action movie with Keanu Reeves in it. Sure, why not? And just walking out of that movie and just being like, that was really fucking good. And then yeah, honestly, walk, walking in day one to the second and third one, just being like, this is going to be a blast, and always leaving happy. I'm like, this is this, that was great. That was a great way to spend like two hours in a in a dark room eating popcorn. <laughs> it, it it it's such a weird film that like on paper shouldn't work. Because it or takes it's itself idea. so seriously. Or it's an idea that should get old, right? Because even though mm. they there's like lots of world building and lore stuff they are doing, the the way it plays out is usually John Wick kills a bunch of people. But like it's just you can't look away. <laughs> yeah. And like the first movie was really good because of you know what happened. Like, I mean, spoilers for John Wick one, I guess. They kill his dog. And when you think about what he does afterwards, like, oh, that's, that's a lot. I just, then you also think if you had the means, if somebody did it to your pet and you had the means, yeah. 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 I yeah. also, in the first one, I loved how, I just think they did a really good job of making it clear to the audience how terrifying the idea, like, Keanu Reeves' character was, John Wick was. Like, with that, before we even started really seeing him do his stuff, like, I forget the names of characters, but when the dad was talking to Alfie Allen, who obviously, little Fionn Greyjoy was responsible Greyjoy, for, yeah. for, the, for the dead puppy, um, they really sold him as a terrifying individual. It's just like, yeah. he's the guy you send to kill, like, the um the Babadook. The, um, uh, the, the, the Boogeyman. The, the Boogeyman. Because yeah. he is about. Yeah, you could probably kill the Babadook as well. Probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 100%. <laughs> but, like, you know, you watch the first film and it's like, okay, cool. There's like low, not low level criminals, but you know, just basic criminals and an assassin. Cool. But as the films progress, you understand like the law of what the table is and what the table represents and how it is basically a, a world government onto itself. And there are uh, smaller bodies underneath, but nothing comes close to the grandness and control of the table. This movie takes number four takes it into hyperdrive. Oh, there is it. Clancy wait. Brown. Do you guys know who Clancy Brown is? Mr. Krabs in SpongeBob. But also, uh, he was yeah. the bad guy in um, Dexter New Blood, which was really good. Really good. Really, um, like, threatening presence on screen. He's in this. He's, like, an emissary off the table. And his role, he's known as the Harbinger. And when he says that in his voice, it is the coolest thing I've ever heard. Because in the last film, they had Educate Dylan as the adjudicator. And I just like these titles, but the Harbinger. Yeah. Oh, so good. Mm. Oh. If I say anything more about his character, I will start getting into spoilers. But I just want to like shout out, and we'll get to Keanu in a moment, but also Donnie Yen's in this film as a character named Kane, who's a blind assassin. Hell yeah. His fighting style is so fun. It's like a real like drunken master vibe to it. 
because yeah, he's blind and he's using all these like gadgets. Basically, there's a scene that he where he uses doorbells during a fight in order to understand where people are in the room, and it is so cool. And then like he he does everything with like a real like flair and charisma. But then when he needs to lay into someone, I've never seen. I didn't know a human being could move that fast. It is so just. Every character, and every character is at the top of the game, but every actor is at the top of the game in this as well. And they shouldn't be. It's a fucking dumb action film. <laughs> but you have Ian McShane as Winston with a Y coming through and just, like, the gravitas he has in every every scene is is insane. The villain in this is um, Bill Skarsgård. Oh, He's okay. played a trillion different villains. In this film, he he does... He played the character, a French character named Marquis Vincent d'Agremont. Nailed it. That's for our French listeners out there. <laughs> and he's this entitled little fucking twat. And you hate him from the minute he opens his mouth. But he's, he does this with like, the, he, he speaks like a real venom behind his voice. And he's threatening in a completely different way, but at an equal level of John Wick. He's a really, really good foil for John. Um, it's all back and forth with them. You got uh, Rina Sawayama, who I'm in love with now as Akira. Um, fucking Lawrence Fishburne, of course, is Barry King. Wasn't in this as much as I wanted to be, because I think oh, he's that's a shame. Um, And also, an actor I've never seen before, Shamir Anderson, plays a character named uh, Nobody, or the, or the Tracker. And it is a really cool dynamic between him and uh, Donnie Yen and Keanu Reeves in this film. It just is so cool. But we're traditionally a video game podcast. And one of the things I love with the John Wick films is they feel so video gamey without they do without wearing it too you know much on their sleeve like you know um uh what's that movie where with uh, uh what's his name Michael Cera is like a wine little fuck and he's with a bunch of women who shouldn't be with oh, him because they just got, got Pilgrim versus Scott the world Pilgrim. great yeah. great movie great film about a bad person um, oh, he's a terrible 100%. person yeah Michael Cera is a good person yeah Michael Cera Michael is lovely Scott Pilgrim piece of shit um. But obviously, like that's clearly video game inspired. What I've always liked about the almost like the world being and almost like level design of John Wick is the fights build up into boss battles, and every boss battle feels different because it's, um, um, in the same way, like you know how MMA used to be interesting because you could have like a sumo wrestler versus like a boxer. That's what the film yeah. felt like. You had oh, this is the big guy, and you're fighting him in a library with a book. Okay, how are you gonna take down this really big dude? Are oh, you taking down, you know, really fast assassin who's trying to whack you with a with a violin? Cool. You're fighting a sumo wrestler. How are you gonna do this? Um, this film takes it to another level, and has what? As soon as this scene happened, I turned around to Sophie. I'm like, that was fucking hotline Miami. There's a <clears throat> top down action scene in this. Oh, I will say God. is the best action film, uh, sorry, action scene I have ever, ever seen. It was like I was sweating, and not just because I'm unhealthy, because I was fucking <laughs> excited about what I was seeing on screen. Now, the director actually came World out and card. said um, it wasn't based on Hollow Mami, but it was based on a game. So in an interview, he said, I had seen this video game, and I'll throw a shout out. I think it was called Hong Kong Massacre. They did this top shot, and we had. Um, been doing so much with the big muzzle flashes and it just seemed kind of, it kind of clicked. Have you guys played Hong Kong Massacre? I have not. 
I haven't played it, but I have heard of it. Yeah. All right. I'm going to play it if it inspired this. I, I, I wish I could say more about this scene. It is, it is magnificent. Jesse, the, all you've said right now has made me want to just like walk out of this podcast right now to see if I can catch a screening. Like, I cannot wait to see I this. I would honestly, movie. if you live closer, I would come watch it with you right now again. <laughs> I, I will go see this film in cinemas again. It's killing at the box office. I'm hopeful they make a number five. They're making a spinoff called Ballerina or something? Yeah, yeah they're doing a spin-off, spin-off of Ballerina uh, called Ballerina with um, Anna de Armas. And I think they have said- I'm sorry. The- I'm sorry. Anna de Armas is in that film. Yes. Yes, she is. What are <laughs> oh, they boy. I know. I know. I, I know. <laughs> oh, okay. um, I think they're taking a break from like the core John Wicks after this for a bit, I think they've said. Uh, but there's also meant to be, I'm not sure if it's still coming. There was that TV show they were working on called The Continental- uh, so yeah, the the world of John Wick is just getting bigger, and I I'm here for it, frankly. The world of assassination, as Hitman would call it. Yeah, well, yes. Um, sorry, yeah. Hitman. <laughs> but yeah, this this film also has a really like interesting like philosophical sort of standpoint to it of like what next, like w- what are you trying to achieve? Where does this end? And there's some really nice introspective moments. John has um genuine relationships with all the characters on the screen and they make things very complicated because it goes into like legacy and formal relationships and what that all means and how that all weighs up you know now that it's everything's coming to a head where does that leave people because everyone wants their own you know what's best for them but often those wants clash with those wants of people close to them it it, it is a fascinating thing uh, fascinating kind of um topic the film delved into. And Keanu Reeves, he doesn't have to say much in these films anymore. It's just, it, it, it's literally action speak louder than words for him. And yeah. now that when he just says, yeah, you know what that means. Like at the start <laughs> of the film, Lawrence Fishburne comes in with this big, like, you know, fear those who enter or some, some poem that I should probably know. And he ends it with like, are you ready to go motherfucker? <laughs> And he's like, yeah, it's I, so cool. I always think back to that part in the first one where it just, it's, it's, it's like a really good, like reaction gif you see occasionally, which is like the, I'm thinking I'm back. Like, I'm thinking <laughs> I'm back. I love it's that. Just, it's I love just that scene. so good. Yeah. Oh man. It's, yeah. I'm thinking I'm back. Um. One I want to say so much more, but I'm going to ruin so much. I'm going to see, like, you've, you've committed, like, I was always going to see it, but now I want to see it as soon as possible. But I also want to do what you did and recap the first three before I see it because I'm definitely it so worth much. it. Because there's a lot All of right. links. And you, again, I, I would love, this is going to sound really weird. I hope there's a book. I want to know, I, I really want to learn more about the law of the high table because it, I think they've kept it in such a state where nothing is known for sure and they can just pull out bullshit from anywhere and it feels legit because the table's so mysterious that, you know, mysteries will unravel. You can't just know the bare bones of it because then you can start picking it apart. Um, but I would like to know more about it. One thing about this movie that I've seen a lot of on Twitter in particular is the one clip of the stunt guy Falling in the elevator? Himself, yeah, filling himself down the escalator. And then, Same. yeah, like, absolutely wild. There's a lot of that. I, I, I thought it was a, 
a dummy. I was like, oh yeah, cool. That's just a dummy they've just thrown down the stairs. Ah, great. And then he reacts when he gets pretend shot in the chest, and I'm like, no way. And then he gets up at the end, and I'm like, what the fuck? That dude landed on his neck at one point. So I see that on Twitter, and you see that moment happen in the in the film, and it's such a nothing moment. Like it didn't need to be there. It is one of about forty seven kills that happen in the span of three (laughs) minutes. It's nothing. Dedication, the the stunt work, and the fight choreography in this film put every other like Western action film I've seen to shame. They show that they're they're lazy almost. That's one of the things that sort of come out of this is like the creators are. Again, trying to champion like more recognition for for stunts, like just more. Isn't wait? Isn't the guy who made this making something else like a video game movie soon? I feel like he is. Oh, what is it? It's not Ghost of Tsushima, is it? Is it Ghost of Tsushima? Ah, now I don't remember, but I feel like they are doing something. Simon's Simon's on the case. Good work, Simon. Am I? Yeah, I you are. Know, I you you, okay. you, <laughs> you look like you were unless you were thinking something. of your 3ds just then. No, no, not at all, actually. Good, I was good, good actually face. looking at my screen, which has your two lovely faces on it. Uh, Don't try to flatter us now. It's it okay, it works for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Jesse's easy, we know this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, fuck, okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> I also which just like seeing the some other different locations as well. You get to see Japan very early on the film, which yeah, but you see in the trailer as well, but you see the Tokyo Continental. I've never wanted to be in a building more. It's beautiful. Karen and Simon are now both looking this up. I can't. Yeah. So, so yeah. which guy is it? Are you talking All about right. stunt? I'm going to look for it. You, you guys keep talking about the film and you, oh, I'll find it. Simon, well, when are you going to finally watch the John Wick movies? Uh, look, it's just as soon as I am ready to dedicate this. I'm, to be honest, I could probably aim to try and do it. I would say this weekend. But. Do it. Do it. That's, it's Ghost of Tsushima. So it is Ghost of Tsushima. It is Ghost of Tsushima. Um, he he wants to, he's aiming to quote push the color palette with a okay. film. Apparently, he's come out and said something about there could be a Kurosawa version of this film. So, like that in the game itself, you have, you have the black and white version of it. I'm thinking back to Mad Max had the Chrome edition, where all cool. Chrome basically it wasn't even black and white. It everything looked like steel. Um, that could be cool. I could not pick a better director for this film. Chad Zielinski. Yeah, Chad Chad Zielinski. Is 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 Stel- my boy. Stahelski, I think, actually. Yeah, not like a NASA. Um yeah. out of a Sony, yeah. only of a Sony projects, like that one I actually am now excited for. Like the other two I'm still a bit worried about, like uh, yeah, Horizon and God of War. God of War. Uh, about yeah, those two, but Ghost of Tsushima, that movie with him at it. Yep, all right, I'm in. I'll be there. I, I, I've got, my, my concern with them is I've got a weird feeling Horizon's going to have a weird, like, um, oh, what, what, like, genre of films like uh, Hunger Games and all that type of stuff, like the teen battle royale, teen sort of dystopia. Not, not even that. Like, they, it's like the, like the kind of tweenish crowd. Young I've got adult. A, yeah, like the young adult, you know, you know, yeah, the movies YA. that are based young yeah, on young adult YA films. Dystopian. Um, they all have a certain vibe to them that I can't quite put my finger on, but I don't like. I've got a bad feeling Horizon may get that treatment. Yeah, I just, I don't, like, uh, whereas, like, obviously Last of Us, you can see working as a story. Ghost of Tsushima, I can see working as a story. God of War, I can. For some reason, for Horizon, it's just like, I don't know. 
so much of that game is uh, I just don't know how it's gonna, how they're going to tell that story. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. But it's Netflix, so that's why I'm left. Most Farmers have gotten up. He's, he's doing gonna, something. Fair enough. Like he's had enough of it. Gonna go watch John Wick. I respect it. No, my cats were being really fucking annoying. He's getting thick for Wick. <laughs> so Jesse, I know that you're going to be editing this podcast. You're going to have to edit out a shit ton of cat bell because um, she just wouldn't fucking say. It's Dear a listeners, um, if you can hear, if you heard a lot of cat bell in this episode, it's because I couldn't be fucked. I wouldn't blame <laughs> me in the slightest. I'm not doing a feature shit. of a podcast now featuring more cat bell. <laughs> and yeah, she she's then started to like pull up my carpet, and I'm like, all right, get the fuck out now. Like I'm classic ready. cat behavior. Like, and that's the thing. The this part of the carpet she was trying to pull up is right next to a fucking scratching post. Little turd. Anyway. Back to John Wick, shall we? Well, actually, moving on from John Wick. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> Segway, I guess. <laughs> Thank you. Um, this has been a super good week for me. Just like media-wise, I had a really good Fall Out Boy album that came out last week. I've had a really good film come out in John Wick 4. And I've had one of my all-time favorite games get remade, remastered, reimagined, and I'm fallen in re-love with it with Resident Evil. Oh, I, if I if I married that into Resident Evil, that would have really worked well. Ugh, it's Too late now. Fuck it. Fuck I'll, it, mate. I'll edit the joke in. When Resident we remake Evil the podcast, 4, we'll do it, okay? I'm not doing that. Resident <laughs> Evil 4 dropped last week, and uh, Kyron, I know you, much like myself, have been waiting for this moment for years. So desperate for it. You've spoken about this game many times on not just this podcast, but also Dialogue Options. Um, our, our video game centric podcast available on Spotify and iTunes. I got it right that time. Good work. Well done. You've been speaking about this game for a long, long time. Has it m- met expectations? Oh, it is. It is blowing me away. Every every new area I go to, it, it, again, it's because it's a remake. But it's like it's a more faithful remake. Unlike other games that are sort of messing with the idea of what a remake is. This one's pretty, you know, far from there's new enemies and new story beats, but like. Zone-wise, seeing some of the way these areas have been fully realized with the, you know, obviously modern graphics and and environments and textures and all that is blowing my goddamn mind. (laughs) It's funny that you mentioned, like, how other games, you know, other remakes have tweaked the formula. I've almost felt like they've tweaked the formula to become more Resident Evil 4. So Resident Evil 4 didn't have to change because it created the action survival horror formula. Like, well, it didn't create it. It perfected it. Because there, there is a different flavor of action survival game pre and post Resident Evil 4. Yes. Uh, so RE4 Remake didn't have to change too much. It, But and at the same time, they could have just put a code of paint on this and I would have been happy. They, they have. They've gone they through and they've added so much. They could have full Metroid Prime remastered this, and it would have still gotten like mm. nine, out, like ten out of ten scores. But they were like, "No, we'll we'll remake it like you know we did for two and three. And yeah, thank 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 you, Capcom, because it's a it's a treat, it's I a think pleasure to go through this game again. An important thing, uh, an important feeling to have, I think, when you play a remaster, and I know you guys have had it recently with Prime, is a game needs to play. How you remember it, because how you remember a game that was so pivotal, you know, such a, a moment in your in your uh, in your adolescence, um, how you remember it is so different to the reality of it. Because I have gone back and I've played games that I used to like, and it doesn't doesn't hit the same. Okay, you know, you were a very different person back then. 
But you remember through Rose and the Glasses, so if they can bring out a better version that makes you feel that way again, they've done a good job. 110%. I, I feel like I've just come back from Video Easy. I've rented this game for the 15th <laughs> time in a row, and I'm playing it again. There's enough to keep me on my feet. And like all, all the major beats that I know are coming up happen, and they happen, and they're spectacular. But then you start to remember how much you forget. There's a, like, in my, in my lizard brain, you finish the village, and you walk down a path, and you're at the lake. No, there's actually a lot between there. Um, a lot of really fucked up stuff happens between those two locations. This fills it all out. But even the moments that you, where you do know where something's going to happen. So, I mean, I'll get, get to the farm moment in a moment with you, Kyron. Oh, my God. For even the most, you know, observant Resident Evil 4 fan, there's enough here to keep you on your toes and to keep you guessing and to keep you surprised and engaged. Kyron, the farm, tell me. The farm. So, like, I very distinctly remember the farm, and I remember the biggest, dumbest smile on my face when I walked into that zone on in the remake, and was like, oh, "The blue medallions are here, baby!" So I'm shooting blue medallions. I'm killing villages. I'm like, "Oh, this this is just like coming home." And then I was introduced to one of the new enemy types that they've created for remake, which is called a brute, which is basically just a big minotaur man. You know, it's a man with like a a bull head for a head, and I was terrified. I was like, I was not at all prepared for this encounter. I'd been pretty nice. I'd done some stealth kills, you know, taking a few guys out. But then when he showed up, my entire plan and like organization, and I was just like, I'm done. Like, what do I do? So I'm just running around desperately, like pulling off headshots. Like if he hits you with that big, like heavy sledgehammer thing, God, it hurts. It hurts so much. (laughs) And then just because of where you are, if he does that and he accidentally hits a cow, the cow yep. will get mad at you. So suddenly yep. it's charging, you know, an actual cow and a man cow are beating <laughs> the shit out of you. And that, ang- that, that actual cow definitely knocked me over a couple of times and I had to, like, flee over the little fence to be safe from it. I'm like, I'm just trying to loot, man. Give me a break. I did love that after playing the village trailer dozens of times, I went in there and I, I was John Wick. You were, you were to say you were John Wick? Like, Nothing. I like the- have you noticed the, the gun tilt? Yeah, so when you're close up to them. In, yeah. For any John Wick fans out there, you'll know that if somebody comes up close to John, he'll tilt his gun. It must have some sort of tactical reason for it. I don't understand it. But in this game, if somebody comes up close to Leon, he tilts his gun. It, it's, it's so sick. There are there's little touches like that. And blocking and parrying stuff, it's so hard. Simon, you can block a chainsaw with a knife. Did you know you can do that in real yeah. life? That's advice that, from us to you, listeners. I don't think it, that works in real life. Have, have, you, you, tried? You, have you tried? How dare you? Are you Jamie Heineman and or Adam Savage? Stop busting myths, okay? <laughs> Stop busting your chops. Well, busting you you know chops. What? I, I, don't, I don't think they're actually parasites that explode out of your head either, but, you know. Exactly. Simon? Yeah. He lives in WA. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, it's true. I don't know what it's, mm. like, what it's like over there. Where are you up to going? So I have played up until when you first reached the castle. So I, I was like, I had had a really, I'd been really trying to squeeze it in over the weekend because I was uh, preoccupied with work and then the Diablo 4 beta. But I also wanted to have a be- decent amount of resi under my belt before I got to the podcast. So I played a bit on Saturday and then I just like marathoned today as much as I could. And I managed to get to the, like, the castle. So I've done some of those early boss fights and they were incredible. Uh, been through so many locations that I just vividly remember 
going through in like GameCube graphics uh, and even stuff that felt new. Uh, like I feel like some of the stuff on the lake, like after you kill the boss there, I, feel, I yeah, don't remember doing Yeah, what parts were you remembering there? Like, like when you, I don't remember having to like get the bits for like the two heads. Yeah, me either. Like, like that I'm whole like, part that on new? the boat. Cause I remember. Like, I don't remember exploring so much on the boat. I remember doing it a little bit on the boat because I know there's two vehicle parts of memory: the boat at the start and the jet ski at the end. Well, yeah, the, the jet end. ski. Yeah. Like, yeah. I I couldn't remember doing all that exploring, and I feel like there's a bunch of little locations I could have visited, and I just didn't. Um. Yeah. Because I, I just wanted to progress the story and get to the next point and fight that El Gigante. It it honestly a lot of the stuff they've added into it. It sort of feels like um in Resident Evil Village where you would have those moments where you knew where you had to go next, but there was like little side avenues you could go and explore, get some more treasure, to get some more stuff for, to buy weapons and stuff and upgrades and all that sort of stuff. Do you remember the the mine dart gun? This is good to be my memory. I remember getting that really late in the game. I don't remember having it so early. I I I can't remember the the dart gun. Is that new? I I can't even remember crafting mine darts. The thing that surprised me that I was just like, this is kind of cool, was like when you're on the boat in the lake and you go onto the little the shipwreck and get the red nine. I was like, I don't think that was in the original. I'm sorry, what? Way. Yeah. So in in the lake, the red nine is in the the boat in the middle of the lake that you can go on board it Fuck. and get out of a chest. Uh, I've gone. So I, I, I've I've blocked that area. Every time the, the, I get to a merchant, he's like, hey, do you want to buy this new handgun? I'm like, fuck off, mate. I've got the red nine. I'm good. I just- <laughs> I your black tail. got to the castle earlier today, um, and I'm just up to the part with, like, the water table, the infamous area with Ashley, and I don't want to do it. I don't have enough ammo. <laughs> I'm terrified of this part. But um, uh, I had some really good treasures um, getting okay. there, so I've got, like, the right gun now. I've got the broken butterfly. I'm pretty well stocked. Um, on on weapons, it's just the ammo that goes into those weapons that I'm low on. Yeah, it's more of a suggestion. Than it's a seven suggestion, exactly. How do you, how do you feel about like the um the attachment case like charms and that they can like alter drop rates for some things? Oh, can they? I I hate charms on guns in games. They they they're, they're yeah. distracting and they're, they're just a bit. Gaudy. Well, you can't. You can't see them because they, they attach to the case, but you can't see them on the case. I don't oh, think. okay. I, d- I thought Did it was you- going to be. I can't remember what game was I played recently, and part of like the day one edition is you get this little like keyring thing for you. Village gun. definitely had it, I think. I feel like Village had maybe, a charm. Maybe, maybe like, it was Village. Yeah, and, I think yeah, it was. Just put me, put me off completely. Did, did you go to the shooting gallery under the merchant? I haven't bothered yet, no. Okay, so yeah, when you go down to the shooting gallery and like do the, um, the challenges, you get like little medallions based on how good you do. And you can take them over to like a little capsule machine and pop them in, and you'll get like a little capsule that has like a charm on it. You can that you can get like I got like a little like a villager with a scythe, and it increases. I think it increases the chance of like submachine gun ammo dropping or something. You have Ooh, it equipped. Okay. So it's like weird little Dual things like shotgun. that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just want that for shotgun. Yeah, it's all I need it for. All right. But, um, go do, actually, I can't go back and do that. I've, I've locked myself. There'll into be a one spot. in the castle, I'm sure. Like, <laughs> um. You also mentioning before there's that part with the two, the Chainsaw Sisters. I'm assuming the sisters. Yeah. Or lovers, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. I'll read your fan fiction. But they come out and they start, you know, whipping around with their chainsaws. I just want to say, really quickly before you go further, yeah. shout out to Leon's fucking super unnecessary backflip that he does when they chainsaw through the oh, walls. So good. 
and just I love that. I do Neil like that they pick up the the little handle as well, and it's just like didn't realize that was yours. I'm like Leon, you're the best, man. I love you. I, I love Leon <laughs> F. Kennedy. He's the best. So much. Like, oh, it's great. He's, he's just so cool. He's so cool. He is the um, epitome of like cool video game main character. There was a part, that part of the two chainsaw ladies, I used all my ammo, all of it, and my knife broke. Oh, no. I had one chainsaw lady left, and there was one villager with a parasite. The plug is coming out of his head. And I ran around for 20 minutes being like, I've, I've locked myself out here. I can't do anything. I was trying to get into a position where those two would hurt each other. <laughs> and I got, they got some swings in. Yeah. And there were some moments where they were starting to damage each other. But then I realized, well, I'll be left with one and I've got nothing. Because you can't even throw a punch. It's really... No. It's, it's, I wish there was something else they can though <laughs> they can they can you, you have you um done a perfect parry to someone to cut their arm off is that what happened yeah so if you do a perfect parry oh. you'll cut their arm off and then oh. they can't grab you anymore so they just take a fucking swing <laughs> it's I've, I've had people swing at me before and always catch me by surprise <laughs> i ended up having um going to the map and i realized that the map actually will show you where ammo is so there's a little bit of shotgun ammo in that um which I used to kill one last villager, and I got a bolt. I had one bolt, and I had to use it about 12 times. So I'd shoot them, collect it, shoot them, collect it. But there's one part that got my absolute blood racing. If you fall down to a little spot in that area, you're behind a locked gate. The gate has a lock on it, obviously. I had a bunch of enemies chase me into this, like, it's like two by two meters. It's a tiny little square. It meant It's meant to trap you. And I'm like, fuck, I need to get out of here. I went to shoot the, uh, the lock, my bolt, and I missed. So my bolt was on the other side. The chainsaw lady came down there. I had two villagers and the chainsaw lady in this two by two meter square. I'm avoiding her as she accidentally cuts them up, the other villagers up. I then grabbed the ammo from one of them who she killed, used it and got out. Oh, between between <laughs> that and the fight, the, the fight in the house with Luis, and you know, obviously the the village itself, the tense like action moments in this. Oh, I had um, I had an amazing moment that I shared on Twitter in a video, like where I was fighting two villagers and a chainsaw guy, and I was like, I've got this encounter pretty well under control. And I took a step back, and slam goes a bear trap on my leg. I was like, shit, oh, oh god. Uh, so Leon pries it open, and I have to line up my like. My um hunting rifle, my I gotta hit this chancellor guy in the head or I'm fucked. But I do a sweet knife parry. The knife parry is so cool, which knocks him back. I get a headshot, which also penetrates and kills the villager behind him. It was beautiful. And then I just was able to just like finish off the other villager. And it's just with it's just with a headshot. It's just you feel so cool. It makes you feel really cool. None in so of many games encounters. make you feel cool anymore. They make you feel <laughs> sad normally. Yeah. This game makes you feel fucking badass even ashley seems more badass than this i really like that they I fixed really ashley like a ashley. lot because ashley was a very full a flawed take on the character when the original came out yes. um whole like looking up her skirt and all that type of stuff she was very much like a dam- damsel in distress in this one she's in distress but she's not a damsel yeah i says, i help but don't be a pervert i um i'm very early on still but yeah what i've had what i've, cause I've only 
done like a little bit with Ashley, but so far I'm very much enjoying this take on her. Um, I do appreciate no like I know she still yells when she get grabbed, gets grabbed, but there was something about the original like yelling of Leon in the GameCube one that would just like pierce my ears. I'm like, just take her. Just <laughs> I don't want her anymore. Take her away. That feels different. I remember in the in the first one, it's like, God, just please just get rid of her. Like, just I I'm I don't I mm. can't anymore. And this one's like, no, no, no. I'm protecting her. Do, yeah, do I gotta not get fucking her. touch her. You big and I think- hatted centipede man. Get away from her. It's just funny how much I think a lot of it, just being able to move and shoot weighs into that, right? Where like I feel like I can I have the option to sort of back up while I'm firing desperately. Whereas in the original Resident Evil 4, when you were like aiming your gun, your feet were planted and you were not moving. So you better make sure that you kill whatever is coming at you. I have no idea how I played the original one after playing. Me neither. This. I don't I it's gonna be so hard to go back to it. I, I'm not. This is this is the way to play it. Same as it Last is. of Us Part One is the way to play the first Last of Us. I have no intention of going back. There's no point. This is, in every conceivable way, for me, better. Um, it absolutely is. Also, just the merchant My is a lot more cockney than I remember. Uh, Hello. We've got some grenades here, mate. Yeah, I remember I remember <laughs> his gruff voice in the original. Like, he at no yeah, point. Yeah, thank you. He he hasn't said what you buying yet. I'm like, what is it? Is it like an after credit scene? They're saving it. They know you want it. Give me what he's, I want. Yeah. I just feel like he's got also he's had some classic lines, but so much of his new dialogue is fun as well. I just every time I hang out for merch, I'm just like, I'm just gonna sit here for a while, listen to the chill. The reason fun rhymes with gun. <laughs> Shut up. Fucking Apparently, you if you, you when you go down to the shooting range and then if you leave, I'm not sure if it's like maybe if you don't stay down there long. He has a comment about it's like. Do you not? Do you have any idea how long that took me to put together? Like, <laughs> man's like, nah, peace, man. I got, I got to save the president's daughter, dude. But he it's built the a- shooting range for me. So, um, I also really like what they did with the lighting in this game. Yes. there's a lot of areas that are a lot darker than I remember. And, and look again, I'm, I'm going to say remember a lot, and I have said remember a lot in this little discussion about Resident Evil Four because I, it's been a while since I played it, so I, I am just basing it on. You know, my brain that's full of gin and dreams. Um, <laughs> but, like, I even remember getting off the boat when you fight Fishboy. That being the first time that you shoot villagers that turn into, like, the Lost Plagas. Like, they think something at their head. And that's when you realize, okay, I'm in the, ne- the next phase of the game. Uh, yeah. In this one happens almost off screen. You see a shadow coming around the corner. It's so good. <laughs> And you see the head pop and start stumbling towards you and say, like, oh, oh, the heebie-jeebies. I, I like that That's you cool. can, like, time is passing as well. Like, it's getting, it's heading towards nightfall as you get towards the lake. It's just, it's so good. They've just, Capcom, you bastards. <laughs> Couldn't have nailed this any harder. Simon, do you have any no. intention of playing this? Do you have any? Abs- absolutely. It is just one of those things where I, there are so many games that I want to play, I just do not have time for. This year will go down as one of the best years of gaming ever, if Absolutely. not the. Like, mm. it, it has the potential to be the best game year of gaming ever. Um, I'm drowning at the moment. I want to play Destiny. Cheer came out. I've been looking forward to playing yeah. Cheer for fucking yep. years, and apparently yep. it is fantastic. I haven't had a chance I'll to play it. I'll tell you this. It's so fucking charming. Cheer is great. Oh my god! Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play it. I want. To, I'm gonna discuss it at length. I think next I, week. 
I still need to go back and finish Dead Space. It's Dead, Dead Space is sitting right there, but now I've got Resident Evil 4. Dead I'm like, Brave shit, man. Prime. Um, I'm still in Octopath Traveler yeah, 2. Octopath as well. I've got yeah. Fire Emblem still. And, and then uh, Fire, Fire Emblem, Schmire Emblem. Guys, where are we going to find Whatever. 450 hours to play Zelda this year? I don't know. I'm scared. Like I, I've booked a week of annual leave off for I have a new That's problem. not enough. That's not enough no, time. It's not. How am I going to find time from the middle of May to the end of July to finish Tears of the Kingdom, get good at Street Fighter Six, <laughs> shake an addiction to Diablo Four, really? and then play Final I mean, Fantasy Sixteen? Final Fantasy. I'm, yeah, I'm boned. <laughs> There's yeah. no hope for me. This is the thing that. I'm very glad that the Switch is a portable device because when I go on holiday at the end of the year and I'm planning a nice three-week-long trip to Japan, I will be able to play Tears of the Kingdom without too much issue, you know? During, during the little bits of downtime, which I don't expect there to be much downtime, to be fair, but, like... Okay, I will tell you... And, one of my favorite moments of playing the Switch, I can't remember what game it was. Fuck, was it my Switch? Or it could have been my 3DS, I can't remember. I was playing something. But we were in, me and Sophie, were in a park as part of a castle in Hiroshima during the cherry blossom season. And during cher oh. cherry blossom season, the whole thing is, during the day, you and your family go out for a picnic. Yeah, you had all yeah. The, the place is full of family, like, Families having their little picnics and stuff. And I'm laying down, literally, like, the cherry blossoms, like, falling on me as I'm laying there. <laughs> and I start, like, dozing off. And then I have a woman dressed in full, like, geisha gear on my step in my head. Which you normally, <laughs> have, to, you normally have to pay for. Um, yeah, yeah, that's an extra service, I believe. But I kind of, like, look up, and there's two of them, and there's a guy with a camera. They were doing a photo shoot for something. And I'm like, do you want me to move there? Can I just stay where you are? They didn't want to disrupt me. They didn't want to wake me up. But they wanted to stand where I was because it was just like they were taking photos from like the kind of the waist up on them, so you mm. would see me anyway. But uh, look, that that just triggered that memory. Do do me a favor, just sit in the most peaceful park you can in Kyoto and play some Zelda. It will be a moment. Yeah. So going to yeah Kyoto, Osaka, and Tokyo, and I'm very much looking forward to hoping to get a ryokan, a traditional Japanese inn whilst we're in Kyoto as well, and go into the onsen, the hot spring bath, and just come out of that and play some Zelda. That, to me, just... Send me your itinerary after this, okay? Because I, I have some <laughs> advice for you. I think there's a place you yeah. should stay. Um, also, onsen, tricky because you have tattoos. You have to find That's the right one. That's why it would have to be a private yeah. onsen or a tattoo-friendly one. Well, but I had private onsen when we are in... Um, now we're just talking about Japan, but, you know... Whatever. We are. We've completely, completely side Travel show. In, um, or made in Japan. Yeah, by Capcom, a Japanese company. We yep. went uh, skiing slash snowboarding in... Um, oh. I can't remember where it was. But the day after, I was covered in bruises and nearly broken bones, because of, <laughs> of course I was. And this resort hotel thing was saying it had a private onsen. And you're not Beautiful. meant to drink in there, but no, of course I snuck two beers in. Close the door. the The bath was huge. It was like four by four meters. It was a pool. It was basically a heated pool, and everyone else had gone out skiing and snowboarding because, of course, if you're going to spend that much money, you're going to go do the thing you're there for. I chose not to that day because I needed some rest and recuperation. 
mm-hmm. and I sat in there for like three hours, and it was bliss. Nice. Um, but yeah, dude, I've got I've got so many places. Like, oh, I I want to see your face when you walk into Artnia, the Final Fantasy Cafe, because okay. my yeah, face yeah. lit up. Yeah, I'm planning. Sorry. Um, yeah, and also the Monster Hunter uh, <laughs> restaurant in Akihabara. Yes, uh, actually, I think that the Akihabara one's closed down, but there is another one. There definitely is. Yeah. There definitely is one there. So, someone I follow on Twitter was in Japan recently. You know, at the, at the Monster Hunter one. Yeah, there, there's definitely one that's open. But anyway, I need to find um, the photos. Of the, oh, actually, looping back, I, I did go to the Resident Evil Cafe when we were there last, and then the dessert that looks like a brain, and they cut it. With, oh, they cut it with a little sword. Nice. I don't think. The, I don't think the place is there anymore. Cool. The rest of the food was shit, but um, the rest of the stuff in that place was. Pretty, pretty cool. But anyway, look, we're just going to talk about Japan from now on, so we may as well wrap that one up. It has been <laughs> a good week for stuff. <laughs> unless you're, unless be... you're a Wii or 3DS shop fan. Yeah, yeah, look, by the time you listen to this, it is too late, but it is very easy to hack a 3DS, and it is no. relatively no. easy to hack a Wii. No. Okay, as much as I support committing crimes of all nature, or most nature, <laughs> most nature, I'll confirm that, I'll just clarify that, most nature, um, you've had your fucking time to buy these games. Don't go be like, oh, the games are going so quickly. You've had 15 years. I've flipped. I've changed my mind. <laughs> okay. Suck yeah, at game you, preservation. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's fine. it's fine. It's fine. We've got Gerard to cover us on exactly. that Exactly. Gerard saved us. <laughs> yeah, Gerard saved the day. Thank you, Gerard. Gerard does because Jesse don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sure. We'll end on a high. Um, if you want to hear more uh, quote-unquote jokes, we're on Spotify and iTunes and all good podcasting platforms if they'll keep us there. So go give us a like, a review, and a rate. And while you're there, if you want to hear more about video games, a bit more in-depth look at video games, um, our video game-centric show, Dialogue Options, hosted by the lovely Karen and Joel, is out almost every Friday. It's every every week. It 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 is Friday, but the last one was late because I wanted a third person. Because we did two two of just Joel and I, and oh, it was fine. But we 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 were hooked to having a third voice, and it's just like, no, we need a third person. So we delayed by a day to have the lovely Simon on with us. The story mode episodes have been all over the place time. last few weeks as well. It happens. <laughs> Look, both shows come out once a week. Deal with it. If you want it to become more, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Scheduled. Like, subscribe, tell your friends, give us a rating, do all those things that. We need in our lives, please. Um, if you want to keep up to date with all of our social media doings and goings, we're at Stormwood AUS over on Facebook, Instagram, and the most used one, Twitter. Uh, we've also got our own personal ones. I know, right? They gave us our own personal accounts. Wild. I'm at Jesse Spanner. Karen? I am at Lemonman X. And Simon? I'm at Cy421. Come through. Tell us about you know, your favorite scenes in John Wick. What's your... What do you think of Resident Evil 4? And do you regret not buying $22,000 worth of games on the 3DS and Wii stores? Gerard, don't, say, don't respond to us. I'll say one thing before we go. One thing that I've that coming out of a Resident Evil 4 remake thinking, God, I'm so scared for that Silent Hill 2 remake. <laughs> I've never been the more scared. team are quaking. They are. They must be. They have to be. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Yeah, I mean, look... We say enough bad things about Blue Team here. I will. Good luck. I good wish luck. them luck. I, I truly do. Luck. 
the bar has been set incredibly it's high. By Dead Space and Resi, like, God. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I don't I don't want it to be Resident Evil good. Hit the Dead Space. Be good. Hit the Dead Space bar. Yeah, I ah, want it to be good. That's something. all I want. <laughs> Dead Space bar, what have you done to your keyboard? Actually, I do need a keyboard because I have broken my gear in my face bar, so, you know. <laughs> Relevant, then. Art imitates life, as they say. And with that, we'll wrap this one up. Lads, thank you for joining in and uh, dragging yourself away from your uh, your games, your obsessions. It's going to go back to the castle, so um, bye. Yeah, catch up, mate. <laughs> Can't believe I'm ahead of you in a game. That's wild. Uh, dear listeners, uh, thank you for tuning in. Hope you're having fun with these games and TV shows and movies and everything you're consuming. Just, just do it. Just be cool. You know, be cool. Have fun. Be safe. And we'll catch you next week. And bye. Why did I say it like bye. that? Bye. Oh, bye. Goodbye. Barry? <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Mwah. Little kiss. Farewell. <laughs> so long. Farewell.